Are you going to be teaching kindergarten next year for the first time, or do you know someone who is? Teaching kindergarten for the first time can be overwhelming, and maybe you're feeling unsure of where to start. Well, look no further. I have the ultimate survival guide for new kindergarten teachers. I created it based on all the things that you need to rock teaching kindergarten next year. All the things I wish I had known as a brand new kindergarten teacher. Get your mindset ready to tackle the challenges of kindergarten, learn how to set up your classroom for success, and master key strategies for teaching effectively. Plus, prepare for the first week of school like a pro. Don't miss out on this free guide, and please share it with your new teammates and friends who are moving to kindergarten next year. Get ready to embark on an incredible journey in kindergarten education with me as your virtual teammate cheering you on. Download the free guide today at www.kindergartencafe.org slash new dash teacher. That's kindergartencafe.org slash new dash teacher. Welcome to the kindergarten team. Hey, teacher friends. It's Siba from Kindergarten Cafe. And today I want to talk about a unit, a science unit, all on water. I absolutely love doing water activities in a water unit with my students, and I'm going to tell you all the things that I do with them in today's episode. You're listening to the Kindergarten Cafe Podcast, where kindergarten teachers come to learn classroom-tested tips and tricks and teaching ideas they can use in their classroom right away. I'm Zeba, creator and founder of Kindergarten Cafe, and I help kindergarten teachers with everything they need from arrival to dismissal in order to save time, work smarter, not harder, and support students with engaging and purposeful lessons. I'm here to cheer you on through your successes and breakthroughs and offer support and resources so you never have to feel stuck or alone. Ready to start saving time and reducing your stress all while using effective and purposeful lessons that students love? Let's get started. Okay, so I always do a water unit with my students for science, and I usually do it around now. I usually do it in the winter time because it's convenient that we can do some melting and freezing and things like that with outside water sources, as in snow or ice, but uh, it also just sort of where it falls in our curriculum every year. If you are interested, all the activities I'm going to talk about today are in a water unit available on my Teachers Pay Teachers site. I'll put the link below. Um, You can get all the worksheets. I put it as a journal for my students to follow along with us during our activities and experiments. So if you're interested in anything you hear, you can go grab that with the link below. But, you know, when we teach water with our students, I focus on the concept of matter and changing states of matter with freezing and melting, as well as a little bit we get into with condensation and the, you know, the water droplets in the air. But mostly we focus on freezing and melting. It's fascinating to me how kids know but don't know that ice is made of water and that snow is made of water. I think they're always fascinated when it melts, it becomes water. And it becomes such a tiny amount of water for such a large thing of ice. I'm getting ahead of myself. But the point is, we focus on the changing states of matter, but also that liquid is malleable. It fits into the surface of whatever container it's in. It's clear. It changes color based on the container that it's in. 
different things like that. So we have a lot of really fun experiments that we do with water. And it is so fun seeing the kids learn about water in this way, but also change their idea that they had and learn from their experiments and see how they can plan an experiment and their ideas can change based on the experiment. It's really awesome to watch. So whenever I start out with this unit, I like to start out by just sort of asking what students know about water already and what they want to know about water. They have a lot of ideas about water and most of them, no, no, some of them are very much not true. And it's very interesting for me to hear those ideas before we get started and then to watch as we learn and do experiments how those ideas change. But this does bring me to our quote of the day. No, the podcast episode is not over. I normally do those at the end of the episode. But this quote of the day has to do with when I sat everyone down and asked students before we began learning about water, what do you already know about water? And one girl raised her hand very proudly and said, water has memories. I did not know what she meant by that. (laughs) I was so confused. I said, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. And I just sort of left it there because I knew we were going to come back to these ideas after we had, you know, learned from our experiments and things like that. Granted, looking back on it, I probably should have said, what do you mean? Or tell me a bit more about it. But I was so caught off guard that I just said, okay. And then the best part is in the back of the rug, I heard a boy turn to someone else say, that's from Frozen (laughs) 2. Like he didn't want to call her out on it be like, you're wrong. That's from a movie. He just turned to the kid next to him and was like, that's from Frozen 2. And I hadn't seen Frozen 2 yet because it had just come out. (laughs) So then I went and watched the movie and knew exactly what she was talking about because in the movie, they explain that water has memory. And then you see the memories playing out before you in the water. And she really believed that because that's what they said in the movie. So That's why it's important to hear from our students about what they know already before you begin so you can start to address some of those common or uncommon misunderstandings. But I'll never forget that. That's from Frozen (laughs) 2. Anyway, so back to water. When doing a water unit, I keep it very play-based with my students. I take out the sand from our sand table and put in water, and I let them just explore I usually do this before we begin some of our more formal experiments. I give them time to explore with water and we'll put in different things into the water table, tubes, containers, colanders, all different kinds of things that kids might explore with with in terms of making the water move from place to place or seeing the water fit into different containers, maybe putting different color in the water. And I'll also change out the water for things like I'll just put in a block of ice and see what they do with it giving kids water droplets with a cup of water and the block of ice and seeing how when they drop water onto the ice, it makes a hole into the ice. And, you know, how can you maybe put a paintbrush in with some watercolors and what does the ice look like then? Same with snow. If there's fresh snow outside, you better believe I'm bringing that inside and putting it at our water table. And the kids love it. And they love watching the change throughout the day from the ice or the snow into water and how like I said before, how little water it becomes. So I love starting off with this play-based exploration and continuing that throughout our unit on water and even throughout the rest of the year. Because once I get rid of sand, I'm not putting sand back in. (laughs) But so our main activities around water focus on absorbing and repelling. 
changing states of matter, as I mentioned. I forgot to mention earlier sinking and floating. And so some of the really fun things we do is an experiment where I have the kids take a wet paper towel and figure out how they can get it to dry out. That's a pretty cool one. Or I put out different materials and they have water droplets and they see which objects will absorb the water and which objects will repel the water. And so we look at that as, for example, a plastic plate repels the water because you put a water drop on it and it maintains its form as a water droplet. Whereas when you put it onto the paper towel, let's say it flattens and sinks into the paper towel and you can see the paper towel has this wet spot now. And so the kids make predictions and then it's very interesting to see their predictions if they come true or not. Sinking and floating is a really fun one too for finding different objects around the room and making predictions about which ones will sink and which ones will float. And again, it's fascinating. They get most of them wrong and it's just, it's so interesting to see what they think will sink and float and why they think that. And then to watch as their minds are blown (laughs) and their minds are changed. When we focus on changing states of matter, we do experiments with ice and snow and, like I said, watching them melt. But we'll do a more guided experiment, not just in the water table, where I give kids a plastic cup and we draw a line for where the snow is or where the ice is. And then we watch it melt over the course of the day. And then we'll draw a line for how much water is left in that cup. And then what we can do is keep that cup or have a different cup somewhere in the classroom and watch it over the course of several days and watch as the water disappears. And we talk about how we can't really see the evaporation happening, but we can see the water leaving the cup day after day gets smaller and smaller. And so kids often are like, well, you know, someone must have tipped it over or you emptied it. And so it it's not a perfect experiment, but you talk about how the process of evaporation works. And that this is showing, no, I didn't. I didn't empty out the water. I promise you no one emptied the water. I put a sign out. <laughs> Don't touch the water. And they, they start to visualize it better and have a better understanding of this very complicated understanding of evaporation. Another fun experiment we, can, we do is testing out how many drops of water can fit on a penny. And this is a cool one to see how the drops of water maintain their drops, but then they connect with other drops and become bigger drops of water. And then eventually they spill over over the penny. So they count how many drops uh, of water it takes to to fill up the penny. That's a cool one for making a prediction and uh, an estimate ahead of time and seeing if they were right. And then for our final water activity, I do something that I think is so fun and so cool, but we take everything that we've learned and put it together into one big final awesome activity. Whereas a team, as a table group, the kids have to build a boat that will float and not just float, but it will hold pennies. Uh, I love reading Who Sank the Boat as sort of an inspiration for this activity. It's by Pamela Allen, but you don't, you don't need to launch your activity with that book, but it's a fun one. So I just put out a bunch of different recyclable materials that I would have in my beautiful stuff area that kids could create with different things from around the room. And I put them out on the table and I make the teams look at what options they have for materials, but then draw a plan that they all agree on before they start just grabbing materials. If you don't do this step, then students will grab all the materials on the table and waste them. And then there won't be enough for everyone. So it's also a huge benefit for them to get all that disagreement out of the way before they start building 
And it's a it's really good practice for them on compromising and finding solutions with their team, making sure everyone agrees before they get started with the activities. So they sit as a table group and they draw their design for their boat and talk about what materials they're going to use. And then I have one person go and collect the materials that the group said they wanted. And again, that's to make sure that they're not just grabbing every material that they see. It's not just a frenzy, a free-for-all. It's really planned and purposeful based on their work as a team. So then they start building their creation. And when they're all done, we put it in a big tub of water or the water table, depending on what I have access to that day. And they see if it sinks or floats. And if it floats, then we see how many pennies it will hold before it sinks. And so that is really cool to see which boats are the sturdiest and which ones will hold the most pennies. So that is a really fun one, and it's a really cool project for them to do. They they really love that. That does take a significant amount of time. I sort of change my schedule around for the day. I try to line it up with maybe before February break because I have more flexibility with – I feel like I have more flexibility with my curriculum and my schedule before vacations. I could do this any day because it's such valuable learning, but it's sort of a mindset I have. Anyway – I do it probably around before break. And then I sort of switch schedules around so that it's a really big block of time for them to make their plan, design, execute, test out. I mean, it could take a full half day, really. I mean, you leave time for snack and recess, and that's that's what you have time for. So definitely have something for students for what they can do when they're all done and they're waiting for other kids to finish. But for some kids, yeah, it could take a good half day, especially if they have trouble as a group agreeing on a plan. That is probably usually the biggest roadblock is having the group agree on the plan. But highly recommend that final activity. So those are all of my activities on water that I love to do with my students every year. Um, they're really fun experiments and they're really easy for you to do as a teacher, but they have such valuable learning for the students. And if you want all those activities in one easy place, you can grab my water unit on Teachers by Teachers with the link below. And if you have a favorite that I didn't mention, please send me a DM and let me know what it is. Or if you have an activity you can't wait to try, send me a DM on Instagram at Kindergarten Cafe and send me the code word water to let me know that you loved the episode. Can't wait to hear from you. And I already gave the quote of the day, so it feels weird not saying one, but I already said the quote of the day. So yeah, please leave a review, share this episode with a friend, and we'll see you next week for more kindergarten magic. Thanks so much for listening to the Kindergarten Cafe podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information and resources, or just head straight to kindergartencafe.org for all the goodies. If you liked this episode, the best ways to show your support are to subscribe, leave a review, or send it to a friend. I'll be back next week with even more kindergarten tips. See you then.